This podcast is given to you by Arloka David Smith, teacher and founder of the Dharma Mind Buddhist Group. For more information, please go to dharmamind.net. I think it was at Trigonos I said that I would um, make some comments on my health situation. I think it was Trigonos. And I, I said I would invite you into some of the stuff that's going on, inform you. And then I thought about it afterwards. I thought, well, it's probably not a good idea, actually, because the, the, the sort of perspective I was thinking about I didn't think was appropriate and so I wasn't gonna going to do it but having said that in the last few days a little monkey's come and sat on my shoulder and and said well it might might be something useful but a different perspective than my original one so that it is what I hope truly dharmic because that's that's all I'm not interested in and that's what that's what I want to try and offer you is the dharma not uh, something that's going to be useful for you rather than just uh, me indulging in myself which um, talking about myself as you all know in public like this with books apart from my first book which was of a different order, but the books since and all the videos that have been recorded, I think you'll find there's very little in any of those where I actually talk about myself in a direct way. Um, only I've only touched on bits because I th- because it was relevant to whatever the talk was about. I never launched myself on a on a just talking about me all the time. I don't think you'll ever find one of them is like that, actually. Let me know if you did, if you do. Um, because I've never, to be honest, I've never really felt comfortable about talking about myself in a, in a direct way. I never consider it to be particularly relevant because I'm here to offer you the Dharma rather than offer you me, as it were. Because you're not getting me when I talk can assure you <laughs> it's something else it's coming from somewhere else I can possibly sit here and talk the way that I do and give the number of talks the way that I, I have done both on camera and on audio um, if it were just me talking I <laughs> wouldn't last very long um, so to to give you this perspective I'm finding it very difficult to avoid me because they're so intertwined, obviously, that it's going to be a bit a bit of a mix. But I am aiming to to um, uh, offer you the opportunity to learn the Dharma, see the Dharma in this particular situation I'm in rather than make it a personal thing, but actually see the Dharma in this process. 
because that's the way I'm approaching it. And I and I would I would invite you to also take the opportunity because it's a very rare opportunity. I would suggest uh, something like this is is it's come to all of us in this situation that there is something to be learned dharmically and for you to extract see the dharma in this situation rather than see me in a, in a sentimental way which is how usually these things are um, seen by people this is a dharma group we are dharma practitioners and we we need to to get to get to get the the correct perspective on what's going on uh, with me. Um, so hopefully I can I can extract it up, I can pull out what I, what I want to say, which is quite difficult to find the words, but anyway, if I mess up, we can turn the camera off and blame Matthew for not turning it on in the first place. <laughs> But let's hope we can uh, we can get through it. Well, first of all, I, I think I should just bring you, put things in context, just bring you up to date with my situation. I did see my doctor the other day. And um, whilst he's sort of pleased that I'm definitely feeling better because I've got more energy, believe it or not, than I've had of, that I've had for a long, long time mainly because I'm eating food now, which I stopped doing fundamentally for months and months. For, for whatever reason, I've got no idea why. But now I'm eating fairly normally now, and uh, that's given me a bit more life than I've had. So he's quite happy with that. But he hasn't changed his prognosis on me. I, I did my best to screw a few more months out of him when I ask him um, how long I've got, and I demand an answer. But he won't uh, give me any more, despite this sort of uplift. He won't give me any more, because I think it's separate. It's two separate issues here. He won't uh, give me any more time than he's given me before, <clears throat> um, which is, what well, from now, six months. Uh, I mean, the only thing that's different, the last time I saw him, which is in July, he wanted to see me in August. Now he wants to see me after Christmas. So he's confident I'm going to be able to celebrate Christmas, <laughs> which is uh, something I've tried to get away from for many years. But <laughs> it follows me around. But anyway, um, so that's that's my situation, is that it's, it's, it's basically not changed. And um, it's um, he can't see but beyond six months. But we'll see if he's right. see doctors are not always right as I know to my own cost um, but he might be right might be wrong anyway that's 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 bringing you up today in case and if you're wondering what's happening so that's and I've tried to uh, I did last year um, after my operation I gave a talk telling you how I felt and my relationship to this terminal cancer and uh, just the sort of what it, what it can do to you 
I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's the ultimate nightmare, isn't it, to be told that. Um, my reaction to that, quite natural, spontaneous, if you like, um, uh, having quite a, a remarkably positive reaction uh, without going into all that again. Um, feeling, well, accepting it really and seeing accepting the inevitable because what what consoles always consoles me within this I'm very sorry to say that we're all gonna we're all gonna face this sooner or later so I don't take it personally. Um it's something that we've all got to come to experience in one way or another, sooner or later. And that's all part of the great mystery is that none of us know when. The only difference between how it is normally, and how it is with me, is that I do know, more or less, um, you know, that there's not um, not much longer to go. And um, accepting it, and facing what I've always considered to be the most important time of my life, the most important event of my life, and I've actually spent the whole of my dharmic practice preparing myself for this time. So I am prepared. I'm not unprepared. I've, I am prepared. And I'm, and I'm very extremely comfortable with it. <clears throat> um, but nevertheless, I do have this time now to, to make myself even more prepared. Because it is... I've always had the conviction that it's the most important moments of your life when when you come to um, extract yourself from your form, from your body, and uh, to prepare yourself for the the continue the continuation. I've never had any trouble with rebirth. To me, it makes I cannot understand how you cannot imagine life to be any other way but a continuum it just doesn't make sense to me never has done <clears throat> answers all questions about life and the inequality of life and the different sorts of lives that people can have everything fits and and you hear these days that you even get I mean fair enough in the world but you even get in Buddhist western Buddhists these days actually doubting the whole um, teaching philosophy, reality as far as I'm concerned of karma and rebirth and still call themselves Buddhists. I just find that, but I don't know, I shouldn't be surprised because us Western people, we love to just make things the way that we want them to be for whatever reason and just ignore thousands of years of history and thousands of years of wisdom and just dump it up and, and decide that I know better than than all of that and all of these great saints and sages. This is just how the Western mind works. Just blows me away, actually. Um, but nevertheless, that's the way it is. But in terms of, for me, that's just it's not it's not an issue. And I've actually seen it in very direct terms in my own life. So it's not a it's not a faith or a belief or anything for me. It's something that I've come to see with great clarity that that's that's reality that's how that is how it works.
there is a continuum. <clears throat> Which is interesting, really, because that sort of leads me into what I want to say. Because there's a part of us that has a real, or has a real problem with with this this thing of of a continuum, of a flow, of an endless flow. And I've come to see with myself, and it's all part of my understanding of things, understanding myself. It's almost like I'm two people, not not schizophrenic, as uh, as uh, we often imagine people to be when they say they're like two people. They oscillate between two two different personalities. Um, I think we are actually very much like two beings it's one way of looking at it and it's something that I've tried to um, clarify with you into well it's, it's it's the essence of the of the teaching that we think we are this person this personality but when we learn to be still the great essence the jewel in the crown when we learn to be still learn to be silent and that personality is no longer exist no longer exists there is another part of ourselves that we t- that we can discover that actually is not a part of that of that personality that we totally identify with that we think who we are we don't even question it we may not like the personality but we never question its reality and we take that personality to be to be who we are that's the beginning the middle and the end of it but in fact, when you learn to be still and you learn to open up to yourself, you discover another part of yourself that is not a part of that personality and doesn't have any of the characteristics that, that personality has. In fact, it's the complete opposite. And it's for us, with our training, to let go of that personality and learn to discover what is the true you, the true me, the true self, the real self, not not the one that's a fabrication that's created, but the true self, and learn to take refuge, learn to discover, learn to trust, learn to open, learn to bring into your life what is who you really are that's just sitting there that actually you live out of, and without it you wouldn't be here anyway, is to, is to learn to open to trust and, and, and allow it to express itself in, in your life as being the true as being the true human the true human who, who who you are and in that process that whole personality that dominates and controls that you're enslaved to that leads you through so much suffering or well, is suffering there is no suffering beyond that and that fades away and you discover that part of you that's free, not just free now, but actually it's eternally free. It is far, far, far bigger picture opens up for you. And that's that's what I've I've tried to take you to that place. Try to encourage you to go I can't take you there, encourage you to go to that place where you begin to discover who you truly are. That we call Buddha nature. Uh, has various names, but we call Buddha nature or true nature. Um, and for me, I mean that for, for most of us is something that you know it's an aspiration that becomes 
that's something that you, you're always growing into and always doubting because this personality that we create is so powerful that it doesn't give up and, and will always do its best to keep you away from who you truly are. But for somebody like me in my position, I see the two very, very clearly. I have no conflict. I can see they're just like uh, two very clear um, parts of me. Paradoxically, although they are seemingly different and separate, with a clear space between the two, paradoxically, they are still at one. There is only the one. But that's the way it shows itself, the way it manifests. And to see that, get to know that personality, how it works, which is, is, is grounded really, where it's, where it's, where it's centre of identity is, is in our thoughts, in the thought process, the thing that <coughs> we're obviously very familiar with that part of us that we have very little control over, that's, that's ceaselessly on the go all the time, chattering away and creating the world that you rise up to and chase after and grab hold of and create an identity round. You take it to be your thoughts, your world. This is me, this is mine and get lost, lost and locked and lost into that and have no experience of that other part of you that actually doesn't chaffer away, doesn't come to be and cease to be in an in, in, in experience of restlessness, but actually something the more that you learn to be still and learn to identify, learn to become familiar with, sits there permanently with you. It is permanent. You don't experience it as permanent because you're throwing this personality over it and the sense of things chopping and changing and uh, like and I've 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 tried to characterize it as being like a blue sky. And what we do and we all know this that that blue sky is, it sits there permanently, doesn't it? But what we do is we throw clouds over it. We create clouds, thoughts that that that, that mask over the blue sky to the extent that we've completely lost it. We don't even know that it's there. But actually, that blue sky is there, and it's permanent. If you want to jump in an aeroplane and go through the clouds, you'll find that just above those clouds, that blue sky is still there. It doesn't change one iota. It has no limitations. You look up, you'll never see. You'll never see where it ends. You'll never see where it begins. And it sits quietly, sits there, and it's permanent. It's a perfect analogy. And when you get to see this on on the depth, you can get to see more and more that 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 blue sky is is is, is really who you are. And it's. And it's where it's where you need, where you need to to to, to wake up to, to to go to, as it were, and and let the other thing go completely, so that you find that part of you that's permanent, that doesn't come to be and cease to be.
And when you come to this to this experience, when you know it's coming, it, it tends to sharpen sharpen you up somewhat. That you need to to really clarify that, and and just to really see what's going on, how how it works, how it works, and to see that 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 part of you that is permanent is like is not is not something is not something separate from life and and from not not your own personal life but life itself the, the world the universe the flow of life and actually see that actually that that is it's not a, it's not even a part of actually ultimately it is it goes beyond the individual and see that everything is everything is in a flux it's a flow you can see it in those terms it, uh, uh, uninterrupted it doesn't it doesn't stop and start it flows permanently <clears throat> there's no break in it whatsoever and that's who, that's that's the truth but there's another part of you that actually doesn't accept that flow but actually breaks it up into pieces breaks it up chunky bits there is the flow but it grabs bits of the flow and it it sort of extracts things from that flow and creates things creates dharmas that's your normal everyday mind just observe your thoughts that are, that just rise and come and they're off they're offering they're offering you bits of the flow that you take hold of and you think well this is this is real this is this is reality this is how it is and you take that uh, and you t- and you take those those bits but you need to look at those and for me is to look at those the characteristics of those bits and to see that those bits whatever they are have a beginning a bit has a beginning doesn't it otherwise it wouldn't be a bit it's a, it's a, it's a individual object as it were mind object it has a beginning it has a life and the life can be as as long as i make it something that i really really hold on to that i can really stretch out for a long time but as all bits characteristic of all bits is that eventually they come to an end so it has a beginning a middle and end and that's the world that we are in we create we we live and then it it, it it goes it goes into change and we completely buy into that and we completely identify with it now this may sound a little bit i don't know metaphysical but actually there's something very important here just like 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 giving it giving it i mean it's you can you can all find your own examples that you're populated with lots of m- memories even things that you're doing now things that you're doing today things that you're doing tomorrow things that you've done yesterday you think the things that you do 
there's things that you that you pick up and you isolate. That that, that this memory has a, a this particular event has a beginning, and it has a middle, and it has an end, and you call it a memory, and it's something that you that that you identify with. But they're always coming to be, and they're always <coughs> ceasing to be. We take this to be how it is. Just think. I mean, I mean, this is just just give you an example. It's just something that came up. It's of no consequence. It's just like one of my thoughts, one of my memories of of just something literally decades ago. I mean, I could be thinking about something today. There's nothing special about this, but it's just to give you an example. Um, I used to like rock and roll a lot. I used to go to lots of concerts, especially when I lived in Australia. And I've got lots of very fond memories around seeing what were all the top bands of the, t- of the day. They all used to travel over there. It was much easier to see them there than here. Here you could never get tickets. Over there you could always get tickets. So I saw everybody, really, and they used to come very regularly. <clears throat> and for me, probably, certainly one of the highlights was seeing the Rolling Stones at... Uh, at a race course, Ramwick race course in uh, in Sydney, which is a bit out of town. I mean, this is not important. It's just something that you know. It's just there's nothing nothing special about this this event. But but I have memories, and you know, this is a long time. I'm going back decades here, and I can remember so much about that that experience um, of seeing what is. And still is probably the, the greatest, the best rock and roll band that ever was, unsurpassed. But then, even now, with the, with the, I mean, this is all completely, but it's something that sticks with the, uh, with the best, the most charismatic personalities ever been on a on a music music uh, stage. Um, and just a really good, a good, strong, positive experience. And if you're interested, you might ask me questions about that, and I could probably tell you little, tell you bits, different songs that were sung, and, and different bits and pieces about it. But then you might say to me, "So, so what? What I'm doing there is I'm, I'm extracting a memory." And I say, "Could it be something I've done today?" So, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but. It's just something that sat with me, and it seems like a good example. I'm, I'm telling you something there. I'm, I'm relating something to you that that, that, I have a, that has a beginning. When they first came down the race course in a carriage drawn by four white horses, that's the beginning, this amazing concert. And then it comes to an end. And I have lots of memories there of something that's a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's called a dharma. It's a, it's a mental dharma, mm-hmm. and it sits. Now you you might say to me, "Oh, well, that's very interesting," and you might say, "Well, what did you have for dinner before you came to the concert? How did you get to the concert? Did you public transport? Did you have a car? Did you walk? How far was it?" And you know, I couldn't tell you one single thing about what led up to that. Experience, and you may well ask me afterwards what happened after. What was it like getting home? How, and all the questions that you might ask: How did you get there? How long did it take to get? 
haven't got a clue. I have no sense of, of what was actually of a continuity. I've, 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 picked, I've picked something out of a flow and isolated it and giving it a, a beginning, a middle and an end. And an end. But that's ridiculous, because if you ask me about that, it's like it's something like floating in space. No, nothing, nothing actually has a beginning. There is a continuity. All the stuff that led, I mean, not just me leading up to that. What was I doing? Even like the mundane thing of getting on a bus or getting in a car, so that I could get there as part of that experience, part of that continuity, part of that. Because without that part there, this this event could never have ever existed for me. But actually, the reality is that, that, that there's a continuity. And where do you want where do you want to where do you want to start that continuity? When you look at it, all the events that one event leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, the leads to Runwick Racecourse and the Rolling Stones. Because that's that's reality. Where where is where is where is where where can you where, where is the beginning of that? Never mind what happened after that. Who knows? I wouldn't even begin to drag the Rolling Stones in on this and their and their continuity and how they ever arrive there. They just didn't arrive at the void on a, on a carriage. What about all their their continuity? That, that came that made that 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 uh, that very short tiny event take place for for that for that to be them for that to be my experience we don't do continuity we just focus on bits that we want to focus on there may be bits that we like things that we like or things that we don't like but what about the bits in between that allow you, that take you to that point where you have that experience. You say, well, this is, you know, this doesn't matter. This, this doesn't, you know, well, what are you talking about? Well, it just shows you how we, how we experience life. That we don't see life as a continuity. We chop it up all the time. And when we chop it up, we create, we create, these are called dharmas with a small d, the mental dharmas. That 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 these whatever we experience becomes becomes a mental impression on us that have a beginning and a middle and then and then they end. But when you look at when you look at things in those in those terms, and you talk about reality, this doesn't get anywhere near reality. This gets to you chopping chopping reality up, chopping a flow up. Chopping the, something that's actually flowing permanently, permanently, that you take it and you chop it up in, into bits, into mental bits, then you identify it, then you live your life, and you lose yourself. This, this, this is your life, this is how life is. But actually, when you look at it, it, it isn't life at all. It's, it's, a, complete, it's a complete fiction. You just you just chop everything up and you and you pick and you choose what you like or what you don't like, and all the all the mundane stuff between the events, like 
washing yourself, dressing, having your breakfast, drinking tea, going to the toilet, all of those stuff that you do on a daily basis that if I asked you to explain any of those events two days ago, probably none of you could even begin to remember, identify. You've, you've, you've just, you've, well, you weren't even there. But maybe something happened in the day to you two days ago. You said, ah, yeah, I had this discussion with somebody or something happened and it had a beginning. You know, and, and then there was the thing, I remember that. Well, okay, but what about all the stuff that was leading up to that? It's gone. Was it ever there for you as a, as a director? Did you ever absorb that experience in the first place? Chances are you, you didn't. Because if you did, you had a good chance of remembering it. So clearly you don't. It's like a mechanical thing. And all you do is focus on bits and create these mental dharmas that have a beginning and a middle and an end. And that's what we identify. That's who I am. This is not a small thing. That's what you completely buy into. And this is your life. This is who I am. This is, this is the experience of my life. This is how I've lived my life, and these are the experiences that I've had. But actually, 99% of your life you've completely forgotten about. You've not even given it any thought or any consequence whatsoever. And yet none of those events that you remember could possibly have happened without all the other stuff happening too. In equal measure, actually. But you've decided... To, to grab hold of a bit of that continuum, extract it out, and giving it a beginning, a middle, and end, an important that comes and goes, and that's and that's who you are. And I can see that now. That that part of you that I encourage you to 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 discover. It's the permanent part of you. That's that's the real part. That's permanent. It's not chopped up into little bits. When you're still, when you let your world go, you discover that blue sky that actually you will never find has any parameters to it at all. You can't even begin to go into into notions of space and time. Time. It's nothing. It's just. It's just. And yet, that's who you, I'm. I, I'm encouraging you to, to to discover that's who you really are. That's where you're free. That's where. That's where. That's the end of suffering. To aspire more and more to take refuge in that place, so that you go beyond suffering. So what? Do you, what, what, what? So what is the suffering then? Well, the suffering is because you are creating something that actually has no reality other than beyond your imagination. Because you are you are literally creating a begin. You're you're plucking. You're pulling something out of a con, of a of a continuity that doesn't have a beginning, middle, or an end. Otherwise, it's not a flow. A flow doesn't have a beginning. Like a, like a river, you can go and sit by the side of a river and, and experience this river. That's there. That's just there. It didn't just start when you when you got there. It's there, and you can sit and you can watch it all day. And it will flow continually, flowing. It will not stop. It will continually flow, and then at the end of the day, you can get up and you can walk away from it, and that and that is still flowing. 
there is that continuity where it's just it's that that that's that's the that's the reality of life that it actually is a continuity that it's flowing but we 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 have we have bought into into breaking it up and this is where the self identity because there is no self identity in that in that constant flow we create a person <clears throat> by creating by extracting so you completely identify with that, not just the mundane, not just the little, the, the rock and roll concerts and the other little things in your life. And you know they can be really enjoyable, they can be important. But of course, the most important one is the sense of me, me and my body. That uh, am I doing that also? Am I also doing that? Am I also um, am, am I also creating my body that has? A beginning and middle because I don't really see that as part of the flow. I see that as something as well. It's a dharma. A characteristic of a dharma is it's an object. That's that's what defines the word dharma. Small d. It's an object, whether it's a mental object or a physical object. It is an object. It's something that's that's sort of independent, as it were, seemingly independent in in space, space and time. And we see ourselves, this body. Me, is this who I am? Of course it is. Me and my body, I, I, I totally identify with it. <coughs> identify with this Dharma, with all of its characteristics. And see it as a part of the mental, the mental flow, that, that flow that's going all the time, that's creating these Dharmas. Never, never away from this me and mine. It's all about me and mine. And so everything, everything about you, your whole life, your whole <coughs> conscious experience, it's all about dharmas, isn't it? It has nothing to do with the flow, which is reality, which you can discover on the cushion. You can discover that which is permanent, that doesn't have a beginning, middle and end. It, it flows like the blue sky, it doesn't have an end. It's there permanently. You throw clouds over it. it, doesn't mean to say that it's still not there, it's just that you don't see it anymore, you don't experience it. Isn't that the same with us, that we just create clouds all the time? And these clouds are impermanent, they're, they're objects, all objects have got those characteristics. That, 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 that this, this is why we love in Buddhism to, 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 to talk about impermanence. And, and not, not, not don't, don't be grabbing hold of things. Wanted to keep things, whether whether it, it be people or material objects, or even your own, even your own views and opinions. That everything, everything is in that is is, is impermanent. You create something, it, it 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 has to come to an end. It's the law of the universe. It's an ob- it's an object in the universe, and it will and it will come to an end and leave it alone. So don't the less you have, the less you hold on to things, the less you're going to make an issue for yourself when it goes into change with your disappointment and all the stuff that comes when when we when things slip away slip away from us. But that's the nature of your mind, the mind that we live in. It's a mind that creates objects. And yet there's another part of you that I can see very clearly, 
that I'm encouraging you to discover if you haven't already. There's a part of you that doesn't follow any of those characteristics at all. It's almost like there's two things going on here. It's, but that's a paradox, but never mind that. That's, that's, how, that's how we see it. So it's almost like you're split. So, you know, we talk, we, lo- we, love, we love that concept in Buddhism of, um, of impermanence, of things coming to be and ceasing to be. Things come into existence, they live, and then and then and then they fade away. But I, I can I can use I can use some other words now rather than those words, which actually are saying exactly the same things, but we don't often use. When there's one word that we don't use, we can often say, um, you know, to to to, to, to use slightly a, a different way of just just to to show you the importance of this. That things are born. Hmm? All things are born. They come to be. They're, they're born and they live. They go into change. But you can also say they die. You can say they're death. Everything has a death. We don't use that word. We say, oh, it goes into change. But it's death, isn't it? It lived and then it's died. We don't say it died. Very rarely do we say it died. We say we say it's 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 showed its impermanence. So we feel a bit safe with that, don't we? But we use the word death. It begins to take on a slightly different feeling. And if you consider that everything that you identify with, everything that you hold on to you, everything that you consider yourself to be is born lives and it dies there's a death and then it has a, it has a different as i say i think it has a different impact and then you look at yourself and you say hang on i'm going to die my body's going to die i'm not going to exist anymore because i'm going to die that hits home, I think, a lot more. But if you can realise, and that's a dharma, that's a dharma, with a small d, your body, your thoughts, everything's, everything's a dharma, beginning, middle and end, it's born and it lives and it dies. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. This is where death comes from. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Everything is impermanent. And you all know you're going to die. And that's powerful for most of us because we don't want to die. But how real is that death? How real is it truly? You're convinced that it's absolutely real and and, and death is, is the most traumatic thing that you'll ever experience. Something you don't even want to look at. It's so... It's so it's so powerful, so fearful that you're going to die because rather than use the word impermanence, which has a sense of safety about it, you observe imper- just that I'm going to die and see that, well, I'm not going to exist anymore. And that is, that's a very difficult thing for us to accept and open up to and, 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 and we take it to be real. We take it to be real. 
the same as all these other dharmas that, 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 that you've created, you take them to be real. But they're not. All dharmas are created by your mind. And they have no reality beyond that creation. They're not real. The same as you can accept a lot of these other, your thoughts and your memories are not being real. You can go along with those things. I can convince you of those. But can, but, but can I convince you, or can you convince you, you of yourself that, 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 that death that you know is coming to you is equally as unreal? Can you accept that? But that's the truth. That there is actually no such thing. There is no such reality as death. <clears throat> There is death when you live and you buy into that world that you're creating, that, that personality world that's populated with things. It is, it is nothing but populated with things, with objects, with dharmas, all put together, becomes who I am. <clears throat> and these are the clouds that we create. And what we don't see is the blue sky you can see when you sit on the cushion you can let when you can let the clouds go when you can let that whole notion of impermanence that whole notion of death go you will discover the continuity of life that actually there is no such thing as death it's just a mind creation and the more you can see that the more you can go with it that actually it's a hell of a powerful experience but that doesn't make it real it's all part of the created world but you're not going into oblivion this is nihilistic as many would have you believe but actually all you're doing is, is just going with the continuum there is a continuum, there's something that doesn't stop, that doesn't get interrupted, that has no beginning, and that has no end. It's a continuum, which you will discover, the, which is your true nature, which you can touch, you can experience, you can open to find, discover, prove to yourself beyond all the, all the, all the words and what you read as being the truth. There's a part of you that like going up through the clouds you will discover there is there is there is an infinity there that, that that doesn't that doesn't conform to the clouds that are coming to be and ceasing to be shifting shifting shapes and colors and then they fade and then they come back and blah 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 just like your mind like that just go through those clouds and discover there is something there that doesn't conform to that, to those, to that experience, at all. That actually is is literally permanent. That that's, it, it, that doesn't die. It doesn't die because it was never born. How can something die that was never born? It's impossible. Things only die because they're born. When you create something, eventually it will die. It will die because you've created it then it will die. And you identify with that, and you make it not as some objective thing, but you identify that as being me. This is who I am. 
I am this thing, then, then you are going to die. But is that real? Well, it isn't real, actually. <laughs> I can assure you it's not real. And that, for me, is why when this apparent event takes place, hopefully uh, it's going to be seen for what it is. And that it's, it's just, it's just, it's just something that's been created. It's going into change, but that's not real. That part of me that is real is, is a continuum that doesn't die and simply will go on to another experience, something else or whatever that might be. And that's where karma comes in and what have you. And we call it rebirth and what have you. But in a sense, you're not even being reborn because you never died in the first place. It's a game. It's a game. That's all it is. But it's so damn real for us. And it rips us to pieces because we buy into it. But it's a game. And if you could see it as a game, you won't be frightened of it. You'll go with it. And in fact, in fact, you can possibly even enjoy it. The adventure of moving on to another another apparent reality another apparent creation that, that you then start to create again because you're still carrying residue with you of 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 a, of a self of a notion of a of a separate identity that then will then start to help to create this this um these these, these mental dharmas these things that were extracted pulled out of reality that you decide has a beginning and middle and an end. Pure fiction. And that and that is where I hope, you know, your training takes you. That you wake up to see the game that you're playing, that you've bought, by golly, you've bought into it big time. So much so that you are terrified. Because you know everything is impermanent and you know you're going to die. Of course everything is impermanent. And you you bought into it. So therefore you're creating your own death, aren't you? But is that real? No, it's not. It's not, because there's a part of you that you can discover in this life now, whilst you're in the midst of all of that mental creation, whilst you're in the midst of it and being pulled and pulled around by it, you can discover a part of you that ain't a part of that game at all. And the more you can open up to it, the more you can take refuge. Let let all of those things that you continually create, the minds never stop creating all the time. All the time it's creating objects. Making them, they have a beginning, and then they have an end. There's another beginning, there's another end, there's another beginning, there's another end. Like this all the time, and you're buying into it. This is me. I'm alive, I'm going to die. Everything's changing, all of that. But when you settle yourself and you just allow it, just to, just allow it just to fade away for the first time in your life, allow it to fade, you will begin to discover another part that just looks at it. It's never not touched by it. There's no opinions. It doesn't get caught by it at all. 
people can see it and know it because that that observing that 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 knower that that clarity isn't it knows it isn't it isn't it isn't a blank dead thing it may seem that way when you start but if you know how to to nurture and encourage and to come back it begins to shine more and more and it's called wisdom and it begins to see and it begins to know in the end hang on mate we what's going on here what's the truth of all of this oh no I'm not buying that anymore and it will settle within itself so hopefully when the time comes when these things do go into change and you lose that self-identity that, that you were already nestled with, settled with that part of you that actually isn't touched by any of it then death is it's laughable actually it's a joke. And, and you can read plenty of stories of masters, certainly Zen masters they're laughing when they're dying it's a joke they're not touched, they play games, they do all sorts of things. While all their disciples are breaking up around them, bawling their eyes out. He sits there laughing at them. Because he knows it's just, you know, I don't buy into this anymore. It's okay, everything's alright, you know. There's no such thing as death. It's just this, this continual being we're actually, and this is what's beginning to impact on me more when I talk about all the, you know, we only seem to focus on the the things in our lives. We 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 don't we don't we don't even bother about the incidentals. So it's also almost like we're not alive, and then we're alive, and then we're then we're not alive, and then we're alive, and that's what we remember. And what's what's that? I say for me, what's impacting more and more on me is that you are never detached from the flow. You can't, it's impossible. You can't detach yourself and create create something and, and, and somehow distance yourself from the flow. That's what you do, you, that's what you make up in your mind. In fact, the truth is, you, you, you're, you're never extracted from the flow. It's impossible. It doesn't matter what you do. What you do is irrelevant. You, you can't pull yourself away from it, ever. You're with it permanently, permanent again. And to see, and the more that you can be alive to the incidentals in your life, to the things that don't impact on you, that you don't give any thought, i.e. just your moment-by-moment moment living, just walking along, Drinking the tea, doing this, doing that—that that, that, that you just that boring. I'm not. I don't even know I'm drinking that tea. I'm off. I'm off in my dharmas. <coughs> the more you can just be here now, the closer you will be to reality. You're closer. You, the, the, you will realize that you will, you are never extracted from the flow cannot extract yourself because you are the flow and that flow has no beginning and no middle and no end so you the truth about you is is that you don't have an end because you don't have a beginning 
and you and you and you can discover that more and more like i say by just being alive here and now just be now now don't give values to different things oh, i want to remember this i don't want to remember that <clears throat> this is important that's not important and have all these bits like flowing around so you think your life is about bits the truth of your life is is that you are never disconnected from anything there is a, there is a continuum a perma a permanent continuum and if you can find that you just, there is no death you don't play the game anymore you're free you're free you're free you're free to actually enjoy appreciate what what you really are not some broken up little thing floating along little bits and pieces terrified terrified because you know it's all going to end not that you see you see that you're just a part of just something that just is endless and is amazing that, that you will never understand you never you'll never it's just and it's there for you to enjoy it's for you to participate to go beyond fear to go beyond fear of dying of death and see that it's just this this endless change the flow the flow that's going along that that's permanently linked everything flows from one thing to another so nothing nothing dies even though it its appearance may seemingly change and even that becomes questionable we won't even go with that one but nothing is nothing is independent everything is dependent on the moment before and the moment before and the moment before nothing just suddenly pops up it's nonsense but that's how our minds have us believe that that's how things are Con- so consequently you're trapped by birth and death so it's about refining and it's about learning to extract yourself learning to let go of of what you've created for you and it is that believe me you created it then you get blaming anybody and it doesn't exist beyond your creation you make it up and then you compound it and it becomes so real it consumes you and you can't give it up it's like an addiction you can't give it up but all the time and i'm hoping this is what you learn when you come into this practice into this training come in and and, and discover a part of you there's there's not there's not a part of that and and come to see more and i'm always encourage you to do this you know is 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 when you're present you are engaging with every moment of your life you're not picking and choosing that's what picking and choosing means is one of the famous expressions in zen the great way is not difficult it only avoids picking and choosing and that's exactly what we do we pick and choose continually avoid picking and choosing which means be be as committed to this moment even though there's nothing going on 
It's a mundane moment. There's no event taking place. Be as, be as present there as you are when you're present, when something that you're really enjoying that's fantastic and you love it, and by golly, you remember every moment of it and you're absolutely at one with it and it's fantastic. Well, have that same experience there when you're sitting, sitting and just being with all the mundane things in your life. Can you do that? Because what you're doing in the, there is that you're connected with the continuum. It's a continuum. And it's all, it's all of the same value. You, you decide to elevate things and put things down. And, but the reality is that it's just a continuum. That's when you're free. That's when you go beyond birth and death. And this is where this will take you. So when you come to lie in your deathbed, if you're lucky enough, and have clarity of mind, if you're lucky enough, to no doubt physical pain that you'll be having, which is going to be very challenging, no doubt. But to come back, to come and, and to rest and to find that part of you, to come into just clear awareness where you are aware, that part of you that's the blue sky, that has no beginning and no end. To come and rest in that, in that, in that, that awareness, that, that clarity, that we are, encourage you all to find and to bring into your life, to come there at your time of death, you will not be the victim. You will not be the victim of your karma, of your fear, the blinding fear that most people no doubt get at that time. That then they then they just become the victim of of of, of whatever unfolds in front of them. But to have a clarity at that moment and to know that everything everything that you're experiencing, everything that comes to you, is just a creation of your own mind. That's where you find freedom. So that it doesn't pull and take you, but you see the reality. That's what we should all be working towards. So that you see the reality of this this demon, this monster called death. That's bringing you up to date with me. But I'm offering you something there, you know, even though hopefully you're a long way from that experience, a long, long time, and, and you've got all this opportunity to really prepare yourself. Because it's going to come, you know it's going to come. I'm not saying it might come. It's the one guarantee. It's going to come. So prepare yourself. Spend your life preparing yourself. And in preparing yourself for death, you will live life. That's the great paradox. It will demand that you live life so that you come into the present moment. So you're not avoiding, my golly, you're not avoiding life. You're saying yes. You're saying yes to every moment. Whatever happens to be there, whether it's something you like or something you don't like, you're saying yes to it. That's called living life. So don't let anyone tell you Buddhism is about avoiding life. If they, Well, then they don't know what they're talking about. It's the complete... But the paradox is that, that, that whilst you prepare yourself for your death, because you know it's going to come, you're also living life at the same time. 
and I think that's worth doing. I think I think it dwarfs everything else that you do in your life. Run around in circles, chasing your desires, running away, go and spend your life going in the circle, achieving nothing, doing nothing, just passing the time until you until you come to the inevitable. I think it's great. I think it's worth getting out of bed in the morning, knowing that you're preparing yourself for the inevitable. And in that preparation, you're living life, you're opening to life. I think that's worth living for. And that's what I offer you.